This is the Adams Road program. Adams Road is a Christian music ministry dedicated to sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Today's program features Adams Road songs, Adams Road piano instrumental music, as well as music in the spoken word, offered to God as an aroma of Christ to help spread the fragrance of the knowledge of Him everywhere. The Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Timothy 4.13, Devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. Today's reading comes from the book of Romans, chapter 9. I tell you the truth in Christ. I am not lying, my conscience testifying with me in the Holy Spirit, that I have great sorrow and unceasing pain in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed from Christ for my brother's sake my relatives according to the flesh, who are Israelites, whose is the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the service and the promises, of whom are the fathers, and from whom is Christ as concerning the flesh, who is over all God, blessed forever. Amen. But it is not as though the word of God has come to nothing. For they are not all Israel that are of Israel. Neither because they are Abraham's offspring are they all children. But your offspring will be accounted from Isaac. That is, it is not the children of the flesh who are children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as heirs. For this is a word of promise. At the appointed time, I will come, and Sarah will have a son. Not only so, but Rebekah also conceived by one, by our father Isaac, being not yet born, neither having done anything good or bad, that the purpose of God, according to election, might stand, not of works, but of him who calls. It was said of her, the elder will serve the younger, even as it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? May it never be. For he said to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then, it is not of him who wills, nor of him who runs, but of God who has mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, For this very purpose I caused you to be raised up, that I might show in you my power, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So then, he has mercy on whom he desires, and he hardens whom he desires. You will say then to me, Why does he still find fault? For who withstands his will? But indeed, O man, who are you to reply against God? Will the thing formed ask him who formed it, Why did you make me like this? Or hasn't the potter a right over the clay from the same lump to make one part a vessel for honor? and another for dishonor. What if God, willing to show his wrath and make his power known, endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on vessels of mercy, which he prepared beforehand for glory, us whom he also called, not from the Jews only, but also from the Gentiles, as he says also in Hosea. I will call them my people, which were not my people, and her beloved who was not beloved. I will be in that place 
where it was said to them, You are not my people. There they will be called children of the living God. Isaiah cries concerning Israel, If the number of the children of Israel are as the sand of the sea, it is the remnant who will be saved. For he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness, because the Lord will make a short work upon the earth. As Isaiah has said before, unless the Lord of armies had left us seed, we would have become like Sodom, and we would have been made like Gomorrah. What shall we say then? That the Gentiles who did not follow after righteousness attained to righteousness even the righteousness which is of faith. But Israel, following after a law of righteousness, did not arrive at the law of righteousness. Why? Because they did not seek it by faith, but as it were by works of the law. They stumbled over the stumbling stone, even as it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense, and no one who believes in him will be disappointed. Here in Romans chapters 9-11, through 11, Paul's going to shift the focus a little bit onto Israel. Paul has such anguish in his heart regarding his fellow Israelites. He basically said he's willing to be accursed and cut off for them. Could you imagine having that kind of love towards a group of people that you'd be willing essentially to go to hell for them? I really can't say that about myself. Unfortunately, none of us can die for someone else. Jesus has already done that. He became a curse for us on the tree. And so all the curse of the old law was upon Christ. It's a nice sentiment from Paul. Obviously, it's, it's not something that can be done, but it definitely reveals his heart of anguish towards these brothers in the flesh that he wishes so much that they would come to know the glories and riches of Christ. Paul makes an interesting point, starting in verse 6, he says, But it's not as though the word of God has failed, for not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel, and not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring, but through Isaac shall your offspring be named. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offspring. Essentially, and Paul makes this point in Galatians as well, that we as believers, we become children of Abraham through our faith. We're counted as offspring. Paul spends some time here in Romans chapter 9 as well, addressing the sovereignty of God, talking about God's sovereign choice. And he gives some examples. So Isaac had two sons, one Jacob and the other Esau. Esau was the firstborn. And according to the flesh, he deserved the inheritance. He deserved the, the rights of the firstborn. But even before they were born, God had already selected Jacob to be the heir. So the promise of the coming Messiah would come through Jacob and not through Esau. And God's sovereign choice on this matter had nothing to do with Esau or Jacob, whether they were good or bad, based on their works. Because before they were even born, before they had done anything good or bad, God had just decided. So again, here Paul is addressing the Jew and he's going back to their roots and reminding them that the Jews have been selected by God. They've been chosen as the sanctified, holy people set apart to God for God's purposes. And ultimately the purposes according to the promise given to Abraham was so that all of the families of the earth could be blessed through this covenant that God had made with Abraham. And that was ultimately that through Abraham would come the seed, Christ, if you look at Romans chapters 9 through 11 as a single argument, you'll see what Paul's doing here. And one of the things that Paul is doing as, as he's addressing the Jews here, 
He's going to prepare them for the idea that God is willing and able to show mercy on whomever he will show mercy. We read in Romans 9:14, Paul makes reference to Exodus 33:19, where God says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. Later on in this chapter, Paul makes reference to the fact that Israel pursued a law that would lead to righteousness, but they failed in reaching that because they did not pursue it by faith, but as it were based on works. Now in regards to what Paul wrote in Romans 9.15 about God having mercy on whomever he would choose to have mercy, in 16 he goes on to say, it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. The fact is God would eventually choose to have mercy on the Gentiles as well. And it wouldn't be based on the Gentiles' pursuit of a law of righteousness that would lead to their salvation. It would be God's pursuit of the Gentiles that they would then receive by faith. Paul also mentions Pharaoh regarding God's sovereignty in Romans 9:17. for the scripture says to Pharaoh, for this purpose I have raised you up that I might show my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So then he has mercy on whomever he wills, and he hardens whomever he wills. If you go back to the story of Pharaoh and Exodus, you see that God actually did harden his heart. Some may argue that it was a judicial hardening, meaning that Pharaoh first hardened his heart and rejected God multiple times, and then God firmed up that decision by also hardening his heart. Here's a verse to keep in mind as we interpret Scripture with Scripture. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders, and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing, because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Therefore God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false, in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. That's from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 because we refuse to love the truth and so be saved, then he, in response to that, sends delusion. We see in the example of Pharaoh, regardless, Paul is using this as an example of his sovereignty and that Pharaoh's heart was hardened and God knew that this would be the case, but there was a greater purpose with that. It was so that God could demonstrate his power so that his name might be proclaimed in all the earth. And so the result of that hardening in God's sovereign plan was actually so that the name of God could be proclaimed all over the earth. So Paul's establishing the fact very strongly that he is sovereign and he can do whatever he wants and that he has a right to have mercy on whomever he has mercy. Paul goes on to say, Will what is molded say to its molder, Why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use? What if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction in order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy, which he has prepared beforehand for glory, even us whom he has called, not from the Jews only, but also from the Gentiles? So there's the point. Paul finally gets to it, that God has called not only the Jews, but the Gentiles to salvation. God can have mercy on whom he wants to have mercy. He can have compassion on whomever he will have compassion. The fact of the matter is, we are all originally vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. He bears with much patience all of us. Ephesians 2 says that we were dead in the trespasses and sins in which we once walked, following the course of this world, 
following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work among the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. John 3.18 says, Whoever believes in him is not condemned. Whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Later on in that same chapter, this is what John the Baptist says, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. So again, the wrath of God is naturally upon us, is automatically upon us. We were all born as vessels of wrath. He bears with much patience all of us so that he can also extend and demonstrate his mercy towards us through the cross. We'll revisit this in a couple of weeks when we're going through Romans 11. But here's the ultimate point Paul's working towards. Starting in Romans 11:30. Paul writes to the Gentiles, for just as you were at one time disobedient to God, but now have received mercy because of their disobedience, so they too have now been disobedient in order that by the mercy shown to you, they also may now receive mercy. For God has consigned all to disobedience, that he may have mercy on all. Paul goes on to praise God afterwards. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. And he goes on to say, for from him and through him and to him are all things, to him be glory forever, amen. When we talk about the sovereignty of God in Romans 9, we have to understand that in the flow of the argument that Paul's making here, and also have to understand the sovereignty of God as it relates to his character as a whole. Will not the God over the whole earth do what is just? Of course he will do what is just. And what is the heart of God? According to Timothy, God desires for all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. The apostle Peter taught, God does not wish for any to perish, but would rather that all reach repentance. That's the heart of God. So as we understand God's sovereignty, he can do whatever he pleases. He can have mercy on whomever he chooses to have mercy. And we also know through scripture, the heart of God. And so God so chose that he would not just extend salvation to the Jews, but because of their disobedience, he would then turn to the Gentiles and offer them the same promises so that he may have mercy on all. What a great God we serve. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life.
guilty and rightfully condemned He was crucified so I'd be innocent It's not fair It's not fair that Christ would become a curse for us to redeem and call us blessed And all our sins have been covered We don't care what we If you're listening to this content today through the radio broadcast, we just want to let you know that this content is also released as a podcast on a weekly basis. You can find it by searching Adams Road Podcast. Micah Wilder, a member of our ministry, recently wrote a book called Passport to Heaven. When Mormon missionary Micah Wilder set his sights on bringing a Baptist pastor and his congregation into the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, he couldn't have imagined that the entire trajectory of his life was about to be changed forever. Micah's passionate effort to convert these Christians was met by a surprising challenge, to read the Bible through the eyes of a child, letting the Word speak for itself. He learned of a God whose love did not have to be earned, and he wrestled with the radical idea of God's mercy for the remaining 18 months of his mission. As he struggled to reconcile the teachings of his church with the truths revealed in the Bible, he encountered the true character of Jesus for the first time 
and awakened to his need for his grace. Passport to Heaven is a gripping account of Micah's journey from living as a devoted member of a religion based on human works to embracing the divine mercy and freedom that can only be found in Jesus Christ. As I lay there contemplating the vastness of the love that had been so extraordinarily conveyed to me, the magnitude of Christ's atonement exploded in my heart like a supernova, radiating far beyond my mortal vessel and bringing with it the desire to fall to my knees. The Holy Spirit then began painting a picture of perfect love before me in mere seconds that I had waited a lifetime to understand. Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God, after having been betrayed and falsely condemned, was dragged into the streets of Jerusalem, where he was brutally beaten, fiercely scourged, spat upon, and publicly scorned. The blameless and spotless Lamb of God cried in agony as a vicious crown of thorns was thrust onto his head, and the Roman soldiers mocked him, saying, Behold, the King of the Jews. And yet Jesus was the King of all kings and now sits triumphantly at the right hand of God. Through him, the vast universe and all its glory was created. And yet he was led to Calvary, where he was crucified on a tree formed by his own hands, nailed to it by the very people he came to redeem. And there, on Golgotha's rocky hill, the very Word of God made flesh, endured with incomparable humility the most excruciating and harrowing death the world has ever seen. God's immeasurable love for all mankind was on full, heartbreaking display as Jesus bore in his stricken body the sins, iniquities, and infirmities of the world. Bleeding the precious blood of eternal atonement on the cross, the Messiah paid, in full measure, the debt that we owed God because of our transgressions. But this priceless offering wasn't just a collective sacrifice, it was personal, it was intimate, it was for me. The Savior of the world drank the cup of wrath that I deserved and freely poured out his soul to death for me. As my kingly substitute, he willingly took my place on the cross of Calvary and died on my behalf, a guilty sinner all the while looking into my eyes and proclaiming his ineffable love for me. Jesus endured a transcendent passion that was driven by an infinite and intimate love that surpasses all knowledge and understanding. He suffered and died because he loved, and for the joy that was set before him, Christ endured the cross. My salvation was that joy. How could anyone love me so much? It was only in this metamorphic flash of grace that it was impressed on me with such an unparalleled intensity just how deep and wide and magnificent that love really was. A love that drove Christ to endure the unthinkable and while suffering unspeakable pain, see my very face. This was a profound love that encompassed the very essence and nature of God himself. This was the sacrificial agape love I had long been waiting for. The only love that could eternally satisfy. Truly, there is no greater expression of love. Passport to Heaven can be found wherever books are sold. This is the Adams Road program. 
Adams Road is a Christian music ministry dedicated to sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Today's program features Adams Road songs, Adams Road piano instrumental music, as well as music in the spoken word, offered to God as an aroma of Christ to help spread the fragrance of the knowledge of Him everywhere. Check out the Adams Road website at adamsroadministry.com. There you can download our songs for free, as well as our spoken word and instrumental music content. In addition, we share testimonies about the love of Jesus Christ and how He's transformed our lives. Please contact us through our website if you're interested in scheduling our Adams Road team for a time of song and testimony, or if you're interested in scheduling our pianist for a time of spoken word, piano music, and testimony. May the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you all.